What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, this is WJ from CultureCast Radio, and you are listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Welcome back to Home Alone. Uh, man, what a insane week it has been. Uh, I got to check off something off my bucket list that has been on there for a long, long time. Um, as some of you guys know, I've been getting more and more into storytelling, and I put out a book a few years ago called Dead Serious, and um, you know, I've been doing more longer form uh, stories on stage and stuff like that, and um, anyways, I... I don't know if you're if you listen or if you're a fan, but I'm a huge fan of The Moth on NPR. Uh, it's this podcast where storytellers from all over the world they um, they do these live events and they they tell these great stories. Some of them are like you know five or ten minutes long. They're always on theme and and it's not just comics or actors or whoever sharing it. It's you know doctors and and survivors and people. Just have a, a fun or, or interesting story to share, uh, to be on the podcast. So, anyways, I listen to it all the time. My girlfriend listens to it all the time. We're both huge fans of the show. Uh, I've always wanted to do it. And I got to go on stage this week on The Moth, which was <laughs> insane. Now, I don't know if they're going to air my story or not, but the fact is uh, I got to do it. And that's what it's all about. Um, if there's something that you've been waiting on or something that you were been always wanting to do, f- fucking do it. Stop waiting. Stop waiting for these gatekeepers. Um, stop waiting for permission. Do the thing you really want to do. Or at least try to do the thing that you really want to do. Uh, I got very lucky. Uh, they do a kind of like show up and go up thing. Um, they did a little theater here in Los Angeles, uh, and the place was sold out, and people were signing up, and they were only going to take 10 people, and they were going to randomly pull their, their names out of a hat. So that's how luck of the draw it was. Um, but the theme was birthdays, and it was my mother's birthday um, that week as well, so it, it just felt so serendipitous, you know? Uh, so within, like, I would say a... Th- Within 30 hours, I wrote a story, memorized it, 
and then showed up to the moth. I randomly got picked to go up as, as one of the 10 uh, storytellers that night and got to share my story. Uh, I feel extremely lucky. Uh, I feel so good about it. And we had to be off book, so no notes, no nothing. You just had to like go up and do a five minute story off the, uh, you know, from 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 your memory. Anyways, uh, I, like I said, I don't know if it's going to air or not, or when it's going to be up, or any of that stuff. But I did record it the night before here at the house, um, so I have a little recording of it. If you want to check that out, that is on my Facebook page, which is backslash Michael Malone Comedy. Or you can check it out on my Medium um, page. It's where I share all of my stories. So if you're interested in hearing or reading any of those, they're all there at my Medium page. And uh, if you don't know about Medium, that's for storytellers and articles and stuff like that. So go there, check it out. It's medium.com backslash Malone Comedy. You can listen to the story there. You can read it there. Uh, I put both versions up. Um, It's called Skates and Cake. So... I'm so happy about that. I can't believe I got to do it. This week's been incredible. And my guest today, uh, also a storyteller, also one of my very good friends, one of my oldest friends in comedy, uh, Mr. Derek Richards is on the show today, and he's the founder of the Irish Comedy Tour. And he's actually he was actually one of the uh, the first person to take me on the road with him. So I learned so much with touring with him when I was young and just starting out. And uh, we talk about that a little bit and some of our <laughs> some of the the trouble we used to get into touring together. And <laughs> and uh, I've since that you know we we went our separate ways over time. You know how you do you. Uh, with comedy, you kind of work together and you, you, you kind of pass each other here and there. And sometimes you work in the same city and, and sometimes, you know, you, you work in the same club, but you know, you just kind of, uh, pass by each other over the years. And it's been about 10 or 15 years since we worked together since I first started out and we reconnected recently. I joined up with the Irish comedy tour, uh, last year, and we got to do uh, a run of theaters there on the East Coast, including the Wilbur Theater in Boston, which was so much fun. And uh, we actually got inducted as honorary members to the Harvard Lampoon there in Boston after our show in Wilbur, which was just such a special evening and an incredible accomplishment. And uh, man, I, I just can't say enough great things about <laughs> about my guest today, Derek. Uh, he's just been a mentor and such a good friend, and I'm so happy to have him on the show. Uh, we talk about the Irish comedy tour. We talk about the trouble we used to get into touring together. And then also Derek had ran into some trouble a few years ago. This is pre pandemic, uh, which feels like 10 years ago. So in, in, in years ago, before the deadly plague, uh, Derek ran into uh, a little a little taste of cancel culture, and we get into that, and we get into what it was like uh, to be quote unquote canceled, and how do you react? How do you survive that? How do you get through it? Um, how do you even respond to? I mean, literally thousands of people uh, hating you on the internet. 
Uh, such a, a fun insight on what that side of things was like for him, uh, for anybody in that situation. Um, so we talk about that. It's just a great episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Uh, so let's get right to it. Without any further ado, Mr. Derek Richards. been doing the irish comedy tour for is it 16 or 17 years now started in 2000 let's see be 2006 so yeah so 16 years now wow and what you know i i was lucky enough to be a part of it this year and it was such an incredible experience and we'll get into that in a little bit but i uh i just have to say like what what sparked that idea to to start the irish comedy tour well, it started back in Florida and it was kind of, it's one of those things It was kind of on the tail end of the, the blue collar comedy tour. And then you had the Kings of comedy tour where you had, you know, DL Hughley and uh, uh, Steve Harvey and Cedric, the entertainer um, and uh, Bernie Mac. Yeah. And so it was, there were these different tours that were being put together and I was seeing the success from these guys. Obviously all of them come with monster, you know, TV credits to the table. <laughs> right yeah it was but, almost like forming a super band you know? <laughs> uh, exactly right it really yeah it really was with those guys i mean when you had bill engvall and um larry the cable guy and ron white and jeff foxworthy i mean they all individually w- w- could be packing theaters so yeah when they all got together and put that it was you know insane but um no i knew just uh, you know individually for me as a uh, a white middle-aged guy <laughs> you know it, you're trying to carve your niche into this business which is so difficult to do you know in our in our position um you know i uh, i i identify as a uh, as a drunk irish guy who's now divorced <laughs> those, those are your I, pronouns <laughs> that's how i yes yes he him drunk divorced that's how it's gonna be i i should put that on my on my profile now you really should that's great <laughs> he him drunk irish divorce done those are my pronouns um but, uh, no, we, a guy had, uh, that I knew was running a theater in Jupiter, Florida, a small little space held a couple hundred people. He goes, Hey, he goes, um, we got a, you know, we got an opening around St. Patrick's day. What do you think about you and some of your, uh, fellow Irish American comics putting together a show? This is really how the whole thing had started. And so it was myself and three other guys down in uh, Florida that I said, Hey, you know, you're, you're, you're Irish. I said, let's do this. And so we just had flat out four you know, Irish American comics. And that was it. And so through the years it evolved to where we ended up, I go, ah, you know what? I like, I like this concept, but I think we can add more to it. And so then I wanted to kind of create an Irish pub environment where we ended up having the uh, musicians involved. So we had a guitar player and then comedians for the longest time. And then up until recently, well, within the past, uh, I would say maybe eight years is when we added the fiddle player. Uh, Damon. So we have Derek Keen, our guitar player from Dublin, Ireland, and then Damon Leibert, who is uh, lives up in Maine, but is from Nova Scotia of all places. And he and Derek had played together for a long time. So it uh, just created a really good energy, a good vibe on stage, a fun atmosphere. And so that's how the whole thing had really evolved. 
It was an incredible experience for me uh, to, to be able to join you guys on some tour dates. Uh, we just we just wrapped up in, in March, so about a month and a half ago. And uh, man, playing those those venues with you guys and there's so much energy in the room. And I, uh, you know, being Irish myself, I, you know, I've been to Ireland and I've been to the motherland. And I to, to be surrounded by that many Irish people in America was uh was was such a, a, a an unreal experience you know what i mean like it it seemed like it did. i i didn't know that there was that much culture here in america because every town that we went to there was a big irish pub at least one big irish pub and and irish people would come out and there was just so much culture and stories and and and, and being around on derek and damon and uh you know it was it was just you're just engulfed in it was that your kind of goal when you first started to do this or was it just kind of like, ah, let's fuck around and see what this is. And then it developed and like, well, let's tell more of the Irish story. Well, it kind of started off with uh, just putting together something different that wasn't being uh, thrown out there. Right. In the, uh, marketplace. As far as comedy shows was concerned, I couldn't see anyone that was doing a, a mixture of comedy and in uh, music. And so, and what I wanted to do is I wanted to keep the show also where it was, obviously focused on our Irish American heritage, but also like at the end of the day, we're all the same people. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're German or if your family comes from Poland or Italy. I mean, the stories that we talk about on stage, the stories that you talk about on stage with your, uh, with your grandma, I mean, and, you know, just personal life experiences and how, you know, I related to my, uh, you know, Irish American, uh, you know, family, my grandfather came over from Ireland. So, it, but just, it, it seems, it doesn't matter where you're from. Everybody can relate to the stories that we were able to convey on stage. And I think that more importantly uh, to me is what has resonated to the uh, uh, success of the tour. Yeah, it's incredible experience. And, and it really is an experience. I mean, there's there's set design that goes into it. There's, there's all these moving pieces. I had never been a part of something uh that big and that mobile before you know because usually you roll into a town there's already a club set up and this and that but you know you had banners and and there's lighting and and damon you know we're going for sound check i'd never been to a fucking sound check before (laughs) you want to make sure my dick jokes sound okay on your pa system great uh but yeah you and your dick joke sounded amazing by the way (laughs) i mean my dick jokes never sounded better than when we're in the fucking wilbur in boston you know i know right uh, it was you know we're playing these these beautiful venues and and it was such a great experience and i i can't thank you enough for for that that was that was such an incredible time Um, well no so happy to have you on board coming up here for uh 2023 too we're really excited about uh some things rolling in for that and i think and to your point and thank you by the way i mean it's been a a tremendous experience putting this whole thing together but i think also when you're putting together a show and you're putting it into a theater yeah you need to create an experience for someone who's coming out and you know if you want to be larger than life you've got to put this thing together as a as a big you know production so having the video production the uh, the the um, you know the lighting and everything to look the way that it does it just makes a better experience for people that come out to shows and i think the greatest thing that people can say is you know listen i came out here you know i'd seen some video clips but when i got here i was really blown away this whole experience was something really really cool 
And, um, and I think that's what, that's what, that's what helps sell it too. Yeah. You've built a, a, a community around it as well. Like I've noticed on these tour stops, um, you know, we're doing meet and greets afterwards and we're taking pictures and we're, you know, we're shaking hands and everything. And, and people are saying, this is our third time out. We see you guys every year, you know, uh, all, all these great things. So you've built this, this community around something really special and it's something that you should really be proud of. And, and, uh, man, I'm just, I was blown away by the experience. Oh, well, thank you. No. And, and we're excited to have you on board. It was great to, uh, get a chance to work with you because we hadn't seen each other. You know, again, we're all, you know, we crisscross the country doing stuff and, yeah. you know, we never get a chance to be in the same town at the same time doing something like that. So it was great to be able to hang and, uh, and work with you and be able to have, to bring your, uh, comedy to our audience, which I think was, um, you know, was a huge boost for the tour and, um, and for the, and for the groups that came out to see us. Yeah, it was incredible. And you and I go way back. Uh, you were actually one of the you were the first person to take me on the road uh, ever. Uh, and, it, we were, and I know we've told this story a million times, but you and I were playing some shit room in the middle of nowhere, Michigan. Uh, <laughs> literally the only venue within 10 miles, probably, I would say. Uh, and you and I hit it off and it was such a great night, uh, uh meeting you. And then, and then I got to go on the road with you and, and you were such a good mentor and you took the time and I learned so much touring with you because I was again, like brand new at this. And I was just in that feature slot, just opening the shows and, uh, <laughs> we had so, so many good times. And one of the stories I tell all the time is the, uh, is the American idol story. <laughs> which that is... story cracks. That cracks me up. Every time I get a chance to share that with people, <laughs> they are just blown away. So I, I want to share it today uh, because I don't think that my audience has heard it. And uh, it's, it's so fun. So, so Derek and I are touring. We're in the middle of Wisconsin and uh, we, we have a night off and you were, you were getting ready to go to the gym and we were like talking about our plans for the day and this and that. And we, we knew that we didn't know what we were going to do, but we wanted to go out. And at the time, there was a guy who won American Idol named David Cook. Oh, yeah. And I looked a lot like David Cook at this, <laughs> at this time. Yeah, and people so need to, I don't know if you can do this in post-production or not, but if pe people need to pull up David Cook, American yes. Idol winner, and go back to when he won, and then pull up Mike Malone photos. Yes. And see the insanely similar hairstyle and facial <laughs> structure everything so yes. the fact that we're talking about this now and people are watching this going doesn't look like david cook no no no, no. when you go back because how many times were we getting people saying you're like man you look like david cook that american idol guy yeah yeah my you know early on in my career i was either one of two cooks i was either dane cook or david cook <laughs> oh god i would take david cook all day long continue <laughs> Um, and so we had, uh, uh, this is also an election year and they were doing rock the vote on MTV and you know, all that stuff. And so I had the bright idea of like, Hey, uh, why don't, <laughs> why don't we go out tonight and I, and pretend that I'm, I'm actually David cook and we're in town for rock the vote. And you were like, I fucking love it. 
<laughs> so we, by the time you got home from the gym, I had like lanyards made. Uh, then we went to Staples and we printed them off and we bought like the lanyards and, and one of them had my picture in it and, and it said David Cook artist on it. And on the back, it said MTV rock the vote and all the logos were there and all that stuff. And it said all access. And then yours, uh, had security MTV rock the vote. on. <laughs> I will say your commitment to this was pretty stunning. Oh yeah, I mean, if, if, I remember. I remember coming back from the gym, and you're like, and you were looking at me like a, like, like a six year old that just made a cool project out of macaroni <laughs> in, in school, and you're like, oh, look what I did. I look at this, and I'm just, and I am laughing my ass off. I go, this is so ridiculous, and it is going to be hysterical. <laughs> I was so excited because I wasn't trying to get caught. The worst thing you could do is, is get caught up, you know. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was like, ah, we, this is, we got to go full throttle, man. And so we went out that night and we actually, we even called ahead to a few bars and I remember you calling and you're like, Hey, I'm security for David cook. We're in town for rock the vote. Is it okay if we come in? Is there a back door or a side door we could use <laughs> and all these things? And then we're, again, middle of fucking nowhere, Wisconsin, uh there's you know there's maybe two or three bars in town and a college campus a, a, a thrown so away but that was it and uh and so we're showing up at these bars and it fucking worked mm-hmm. people were excited they thought i was actually david cook they're taking photos <laughs> they ran out remember they would because keep in mind this is before the smartphone you had yes you had flip phones or you had cell phones that did not have the capability no. to go online. So no. it was, so literally we had people that ran across the street to like a Walgreens or a CVS and bought the little box cameras. Yes. And I think to, that to come that, and take pictures, that was, that was so funny. Yeah. Because obviously <laughs> today, you know, you, you pull up your phone, you're like, yeah, okay, this guy's lying, whatever. Right. Yeah, David Cook is in Sacramento doing a gig. You're an ass. So yeah. they didn't have that available to them. No, there was no fact checking. You couldn't get on Twitter from your flip phone. No, no, it was great. And so, uh, and so we're, we're, we went to like two or three different bars. Uh, and then, and then I think I had the bright idea and I was like, we should, we should go to a strip club. This is where <laughs> this is where this this needs to go. And we were getting VIP treatment at the strip club and you know, all the fun things. And then we're getting ready to go back to the hotel. By the way, people have been buying you drinks all night at this point because they're trying to buy me drinks and I don't drink. And also David Cook was also sober. And so <laughs> they're just fucking getting my security drunk as hell. Yes, because that's what security should do. All the good security people <laughs> get shit faced. Right. And so we're, we're trying to call the night. We're wrapping up. And then I'm like, you know what? Let's let's go to one more bar. And we hit this last bar and we get there and, and we're doing the things and you're fucking wicked wasted. And I'm just you know pretty tired or whatever and and that was the that was the bar room they asked me to sign the wall oh yeah and so i they have a picture of me signing the wall as david cook at this bar <laughs> and this is the this is the scooby-doo ending right we 
you're you're off at the bar. People are buying you drinks. I'm I'm about five or six feet away from you. Like good security should be. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> and uh, this uh, young uh, gay man approached me and he got right in my face, like a couple inches away. And he and he kind of like hate whispers to me, you know, and he goes, you're no David Cook. And I said, yes, I am. Because remember, I had studied. I knew his birthday. I knew where he was born. I knew his tour dates coming up. Like, I, we had studied. We had a crash course on day. We did. You, I could yeah, answer you, you any pulled question. Up online. Yeah, people in, yeah, people need to know beyond the lanyard. Like, yes. we literally, I think I was quizzing you. Yes, you were quizzing At me. At one point, I'm car, like, all right, your birthday. Where are you from? <laughs> yes. When did you start? Okay, who are your influences? So, yeah, it was a, uh, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty comical. Yeah, and so you know, I'm getting finally at our last stop at like two in the morning. Uh, this guy's in my face and he's like, you're no David cook. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm trying to answer questions and he's just shaking his head. He's not having it. And he goes, I'm not going to tell anybody, but you're no David cook. <laughs> what a, what a long, lonely road for that guy to walk <laughs> in central Wisconsin. Being, being a gay man. That's gotta be. That's yeah. gotta be tough. Yeah. And I immediately ran over to you and I was like, we gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. And uh but I think that was maybe one of our last times together. And then we and then we were reunited on the Irish tour, which was a whole new uh, gang of debacle. <laughs> Gang of debacle is a good way to describe it. It's a, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun. A lot of good shows. Uh, our website, the Irish comedy tour.com. We are actually um, uh, uh, updating everything to have uh, obviously uh, you on the, uh, on the website here with us. And um, so yeah, just super excited. And our, uh, and our Irish comedy tour Christmas show, Christmas in the oh, drunk tank. Oh man, that's going to be so much fun being uh being pitched right now so we'll see how that shakes out so it's a oh. it's a christmas version of the irish comedy tour so if you've seen the show before <laughs> add add santa caps reindeer uh gold frankincense and myrrh so it's going to be the four of us and the baby jesus jeez, oh, you know what i just hope that uh i hope that we have a reindeer outfit for for damon he's got to be i want a live nativity scene but i want it with animals <laughs> that work at the birth of Jesus. <laughs> like, I don't want, uh, I, I don't want like three camels and like a couple of sheep. I want like a possum and a, uh, <laughs> a know. white trash Christmas. Yeah. So white, a white trash Christmas. It's going to be, which would be hilarious. <laughs> Set up the manger in front of a trailer. And we've got a, we, we got, we got a possum, a raccoon and like a, a three legged hunting dog that accidentally had his paw blown off. I love in a, a, a duck hunting accident. There's just That's a squatter sitting there for some reason. What's that? It's just a squatter sitting there. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, no one saw a homeless guy. There were no homeless people back then. You never saw. I don't see. I don't see any homeless people in the in the in the nativity scene. I mean, technically, didn't they all live outdoors? Right? They're all in fucking barns and mangers and shit. True. I think that uh, Mary and Joseph just had better homeless settings yeah for themselves they just had better health care they got to actually give birth in a manger they, <laughs> because they were 
they had Obamacare <laughs> because, because they had their copay all yeah, yeah all taken care of. I, you know, we can give birth here, but it's good. Eh. Let, let me check your coverage. We'll be right back. <laughs> Luckily, these wise men showed up. We can pawn off some of these gifts. Thank you. No copay. kidding. Let's sell some of this stuff to pay for the uh, anesthetic. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, this this dark humor that you have, which I love and I've always loved about you. And it's this no holds bar. Uh, it's very it's like Viking comedy. You know what I mean? Like you're you're a bigger guy. You're you're from Detroit. You 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 have like this 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 edge to you, and uh, and you're not afraid to to fucking swing. And I love that about you. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about how that is in these days where everybody has their guard up. So are you seeing any pullback or uh, any, any of any changes that are really affecting you and how you deliver your comedy or how you're being able to deliver your, your no holds bar comedy in these new like woke times that we're living in? Um, I don't care. <laughs> Right. I just, you know, you see, and, and to your point, and thank you. And I heard Viking comedy. I like that. That's yeah. a, yeah, that's a cool, I like that. I like that approach. Yeah. You're, um, so, you're a bigger guy. And you're like, I don't give a shit. Fuck you. <laughs> I love that. It's, it's... Well, and it's, and, and to me, that's just how comedy should be. And I think now, and, and, the, and the thing is too, when you go into these comedy clubs and if these people don't know who you are, Right. They don't they don't know what to expect. And I, I think really, as far as a comedy consumer, you know, take some time to go online before you go see somebody. You, know, you see some name that shows up on a, on a marquee. You're like, yeah, let me go see, go see Derek Richards. Let me Google him. OK, let me look some let me look at some of his videos. Mike Malone, what's he doing? OK, cool. And then you can decide because comedy, as we've always said, you know, for years is like you would never walk into an arena that just said music. <laughs> yeah and you walk in you could get aerosmith you could get bruno mars you could get andrea bocelli so you're like well i didn't expect this we'll do a little bit of research and look it up this is your consumer dollar you know now now more than ever gas five six bucks a gallon if you're gonna make the investment to go out and do something at least uh yeah you know, this, see what you're this, yourself this into. might not be your band this yeah might exactly not, you know? this might not, listen let's let's maybe go next week right so <laughs> right I think sometimes I think what I end up finding myself doing now is if people if I sent some pullback and you kind of reiterate to people, it's, it's almost like people need to be reminded why they're there. And right. if someone has a mindset going in, if they are ultra, um, if they're ultra, let's be honest, I mean, I am I lean more right. I'm libertarian, but I lean more right. If you're a hard left person and and that's where your comedy lies, which to me is like the complete unfunny zone. If you're way, 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 <laughs> if you're way on either end, I'm like, yeah, it's just, that's just too much. Right. And I mean, I think all of society as a rule ends up being in the, in the middle, you know, or a little bit, you know, to one way or the other. I have more than enough friends that are Democrats and plenty of friends that are Republicans. And, you know, if you can, you got to be able to, you know, comedy is about looking at yourself and looking at the surroundings and being able to laugh at it. 
And you don't necessarily need to agree with every single thing that's coming out of our mouths. I mean, you know, you and I are up on stage 45 minutes to an hour and not everything that comes out of our mouth is going to be in complete agreement with everybody in the audience. Right. And so if you have that kind of a um, stick up your ass attitude, comedy shows aren't for you. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. People, people now, it seems like we're living in a, in a gotcha culture. Mm-hmm. Um, people are looking for a, a reason to, to tweet about you. They're looking for a reason to screenshot things. They're, they're, um, they're doing the research in the wrong way. You know what I mean? They're, they're, they're it's, it's gotcha culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's getting harder to navigate, uh, just, you know, even, even tweeting every day, you know, you're like, well, let me just put this up. And then you're like, Oh, should I? I tweeted the wrong thing. You're like, I, I didn't know. And right. I think that's, that's where we're living in is this, you know, I talk about this a lot where I don't, yes, there is hate in the world and there's a bunch of fucking douchebags out there. Of course there's evil. Yes. People are evil and racism, sexism, all the isms and all that. Yes, of course that exists. But I think more so what we're dealing with is ignorance. Right. And mm-hmm. so when you're looking at a place, you know, usually in the Midwest, you know, where I'm from Ohio or Michigan or Indiana or those areas where there's not a lot of diversity, it's not so much hate. It's more of ignorance, right? When you're voting for trans rights or whatever, like you think Bob that's worked at the washer and dryer factory for the last 40 years has a lot of trans friends. Do you think Bob's ever even met a trans person in real life? And so when you're asking Bob, do you think, uh, you know, uh, this this trans woman should be able to use the restroom or not? He's like, I don't fucking I, I no, I guess, <laughs> you know, and he and thinks it's like, a transmission. Exactly, exactly. People are like, Bob hates trans. Bob doesn't know. Yeah. And so it's I think we're dealing with a mixture of of this ignorance of well i don't fucking know it's it's like this it's like this all the all the hot button issues that we're dealing with nowadays a matter of fact i just saw i just saw a tiktok of a man on the street where uh he was asking about election fraud uh, and and he said do you, he's asking a guy on the street he goes do you feel like there was election fraud and the guy said absolutely and he said oh do you, do you so you think that that the trump and joe biden thing was rigged and there was election fraud happening he said absolutely without a doubt and he goes, do you, so you've seen it personally? He goes, I haven't seen it personally. And he goes, so what evidence have you seen of election fraud? And the guy went, uh, well, uh, um, well, uh, and he goes, have you seen any evidence of election fraud? And he goes, uh, well, and he goes, but you're you're sure that there is how ha- he goes, oh, I'm it's definitely happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's like this idea of like, yes, there is a boogeyman. What does he look like? Uh, <laughs> are you afraid of him? Oh, definitely right. afraid of him. <laughs> how big is he? Uh, <laughs> it's just, you know, we, we have this ignorance. And so not not a lot of times is it hate. Sometimes it's just pure ignorance of like, I don't even know. I, I was told about this. I was, there's this fear that's going around. Yeah. And I think people, when you come to a comedy show and someone's up on stage and they're talking, they're doing their thing. And some people have a tendency to uh, think that what you are saying is gospel or yes. But, but I think also too, it's, you know, you can tell when you're talking to somebody 
if something is coming from a place of hatred or a place of humor. Yes. You can tell how it's presented, how it's body language, it's timing, it's, you know, eye contact, it's, you know, just the look on the person's face. I mean, you can tell if someone is legitimately being hateful. And and some people and and I think a lot of people uh, you know, have that barometer in their system. Some people hear words in a in an act and they don't care where it's coming from. They just hear what they hear and they're like, no, this is not acceptable. Right. But most people, I think it doesn't matter whether it's a, uh, you know, I do a joke uh, in my act about when I was uh, a teenager. And as a joke, we had, um, you know, went to the hostess who was not super bright at this, at this at Ponderosa Steakhouse where I was working at. And my buddy and I went out there and we told her, and it's a true story. We told her, listen, you know, Hey, you know, on the weekends, what you have to do is you have to, when you seat the restaurant, all the, all the white people go on one side, all the black people go on the other side. And, and she did it. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, and so, you know, so I told the whole story about it and it's, you know, we're just joking around. It's, it was an innocuous, stupid teenage joke that we did. That was just dumb. But, you know, when I, I can tell that joke in front of a, uh, a mixed audience, I love it when it's a mixed audience, you know, because you can see the reactions on people's faces. And, you know, I love I love having that energy of a, you know, of a diverse crowd that's that's laughing because they're just laughing at the absurdity and just the ridiculousness of what you're saying. Yeah, but, but but you will get some people, and I had this happen. It was at uh, here in Vegas. There was a, there was a lady in the crowd. I did it one time. The crowds die and laugh, and I put it up on uh, YouTube. And there was a uh, there was a, a black couple right up front laughing their ass off, having a great time. Everybody in the room is cracking up, and this one lady stands up and she goes, you know, basically calls me a racist. She goes, "That's racist. This is bullshit. This isn't comedy." And then she was she gets thrown out, and it was the it was the white mid thirties <laughs> yeah. female social justice warrior who decides to stand up for, you know, black people because Lord knows black people can't defend themselves. Yeah. You know, I think I was, running I, I into was, that I, a it lot. cracks me up that, 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 that the, that the white 30 something Lululemon wearing <laughs> Starbucks drinking, you know, driving in your Lexus RX three fifty. That's your, that's the one who's going to be bringing to the forefront you know, all the, uh, all the problems with our society. Yeah. It's so interesting that that usually happens where people are getting angry for other people. Mm -hmm. And it, that's, that's definitely a problem in this, in this, you know, it's one thing to use your power influence to speak up against something or for something, you know what I mean? Like, duh, right. like that's not what we're saying, but yeah, this idea, it, it usually is, you know, 30 year old white lady who's like that's racist <laughs> you're like, okay but nobody else is mad but you yeah you're it i mean and if you look at the video if you watch it on youtube and it's like the crowd is just starts booing her relentlessly <laughs> and the security was like on her in like two seconds and she was out the door but um yeah it's just it, it's so funny it, it, it's so bizarre the things that trigger people uh today that, uh, you know, that cause them to just lose their minds and end up doing stupid stuff like, you know, running up on stage at the, uh, yeah. uh, you know, the, the Chappelle uh, performance. And then, you know, the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing. I mean, that Chris Rock thing was such an innocuous, you know, comment. And, you know, to see 
where people are like, hey, yeah, we now we can run up on stage and act like an idiot. It's like, mm, no, that's not how this works. Yeah, it's so funny. On the on the two extremes of that, I I, I the video that got played a bunch uh, after that, um, which I, I had seen years before this, but there was a guitar comic on stage and a guy's harassing him from the crowd and the guitar comic stops what he's doing. And he's like, do not come up here. I'm warning you, do not step on this stage. And this guy steps on stage and he winds that guitar back and <laughs> smashes it over the guy's head. And the crowd turns on him and they go, boo, boo, no, too far, too far. And he's like, he was attacking me. And they're like, too far. <laughs> That's great. I wish I could remember the name of the comic. I remember yeah. the story. Yeah, that video was was circulating again. And and so, yeah, it's this idea of, uh, you know, I, going back to this uh, cancel culture and this idea, it's like, I believe that it always lives in the context, right? Mm-hmm. Words are just words. Context is, is, is what matters. And to your point, it is like you can tell when people are joking or poking fun at something or having a laugh or whatever. It's the context that it's in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're losing. And especially with Twitter, um, you know, a lot of people are getting in, in hot water over Twitter. And I feel like that's because context is really hard to uh, to to see, to identify in text. You know, how many times have you been in a, a, a text message, you know, back and forth with somebody and you're like, oh, man, they're fucking pissed. And you talk to them and they're like. I'm not, I was never met. And you're like, Oh really? You, you put, you know, <laughs> you said that. And it's like, yeah, the, there's the context is lost. Listen, what they really need to prove that they're pissed is, is a sad emoji. <laughs> there needs it's to a be a little red face, angry emoji where it's like, where he does that. That's when, you know, that's when, you know, they're mad. Yeah, we need a, we need an emoji for people that are actually saying hateful or, you know, racist or evil things. You need to have an emoji that goes, oh, this is, this is the context. I mean, it. there's no, to my knowledge, I, I mean, there is no, I have not seen a, uh, a clan hood emoji. No, no. Now the closest thing is there's an American flag one. Oh, boom. Gotcha. Come on now. Come on guys. Come on. We're See, having now you know what's going to happen right now. That little snippet right there where I said, <laughs> there's no clan hood emoji. That's going to be screen grab right pulled from this interview and i am gonna be Derek Richards disappointed Wizard. there's no clan <laughs> yes exactly Derek is clearly disappointed there's no clan ho- clan hood emoji Derek and Richards mike malone hates america elon musk to take over to add clan hood emoji <laughs> exactly <laughs> well you are no you're no stranger to some twitter uh controversy and uh, and we talked a little about this when we were on tour, but um, you had gotten into some heat with uh, a pretty famous actress. Um, do you want to talk about that? Do you want to share that story? No, definitely. I was uh, scheduled to do a tour with uh, Armed Forces Entertainment, which I've done multiple tours for them through the years. Yeah, they're uh, incredible. Well. And th- those those shows are the the going overseas and I have done those tours. Uh, they're they're incredible and to actually see how the soldiers are are living and what they're doing to keep our keep us safe and our freedoms and all the things like you see it in movies and TV shows and stuff and until you're actually in a fucking bunker with them like 
it's incredible what they are are sacrificing and what they're going through. No, exactly. I mean, I've done multiple tours for the Armed Forces Entertainment, also the USO through the years. And so I was scheduled to go off on one um, this past November. And it was going to roll into, uh, I think, Bahrain and Qatar and a few other uh, areas over there, United Arab Emirates. And um, so everything was all set to go. And uh, out of nowhere, I get a call from the the booking agent and says, listen, I don't know how to tell you this. You're going to be taken off of the tour. And I go, what's going on? And they're like, well, there was some stuff that had been posted on social media where you were being tagged as um, uh, you're being tagged as, uh, as racist, anti-LGBT, anti-POTUS, president of the United States. All right. Um, and, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, what? And so I had no idea what they were talking about. And then all of a sudden I go on Twitter and I see, I've got like a billion notifications, you know, where my, you know, I was being tagged. And so what happened was there was a guy who was a self-proclaimed uh, left-wing activist who worked for the military in Bahrain. And he has probably about 160 some thousand followers on Twitter. And he decided to do some research on the comedians that were coming to, to do the shows on the base. So he goes to my Twitter page and decides to screen grab all these different things that he deemed as uh, inappropriate, as anti-LGBTQ, as uh, as racist, as um, anti-POTUS. Do you have and, any examples of those? Like, do you do you remember any of the tweets that he grabbed that were like? Oh yeah, a lot of stuff were just memes that were being generated that that were sent to me, and then I went ahead and posted them. So a lot of the stuff was just things that I was sharing that okay. other people had put out there. I mean, there was one, uh, the one that got me labeled as uh, anti-LGBTQ, which again, couldn't be further from the truth, is there was the, uh, the shot of um, U.S. women's soccer captain, uh, Megan uh, Rapinoe. I keep screwing up her, her pronunciation of her last name. I think it's Me- Megan Rapinoe. And then it had the, uh, I think it was the Swedish team or Switzerland team that beat them. And so she, <laughs> Megan has her purple hair and she's got this like kind of a, you know, sad face, obviously they lost. And so I put the picture of the uh, Swedish team or the, the winning team above them. And then her picture below. And I, all I put on there was purple headed dude seems irked. And I'm like, I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't, no. I'm not anti LGBTQ. She looks like a purple headed boy. What do you want me to do? So was it wrong? Whatever. Do I care? No. And then there was a uh, there was one where it had um, it was something about uh, uh, it had Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren and uh, I and I, I there was some meme that was being passed around that it you know it said um, uh, I can't remember what it was off the top of my head but it was it was something that was um, oh God because remember the Elizabeth Warren thing the controversy with her saying that she was American Indian. Or Native oh, American. Right. Yes, yes, yes. And so it was something like, uh, you know, the, um, uh, you know, lying dove meets spread eagle. You know, again, inappropriate. Sure. Do I care? No. Right. So, so that labeled me as, uh, as racist. And then uh, there was another one that had, uh, that had Biden sitting in a, um, a little uh, short bus. And it said, it said presidential, presidential, new presidential limo, which again, I'm like, 
Do I care? Well, nope. And here, and here's the thing. Like, that's not as bad. Like, I feel like just focusing on that one, like I've seen just on the flip side so many times and I've even posted like, fuck Trump and all sure. these things. So like, you know, I, it's, it's, a, it's an opinion. No, exactly. And this was something that, like I said, I thought this was stupid. I thought it was funny. And so I just, I just went ahead and reposted it and shared it. Now, what this person did was they screen grabbed all these different things. What they did not do was go back in my Twitter feed and see all the stuff that I had posted about Trump when he was in office. So, you know, I went ahead and I, I had no issue throwing stuff out there against Trump because, you know, listen, I, you know, I, I lean more Republican, but I think he's a knucklehead. But I had no issue posting things about him. But this particular individual did not go back far enough and pull that stuff out. So again, like everybody does, they put together a story that fits their narrative. And then he went ahead and shared this with Armed Forces Entertainment, um, uh, Deborah Messing, who was the actress. Who, yeah, from Will and Grace. From Will and Grace. Yeah, exactly. So she had shared it. And then... This guy, the social, uh, uh, social left-wing activist, he had shared it. And so when you have all of his followers and then all of her followers, and then uh, I actually got a, I got a screen grab. I wish I could pull it up from uh, Martina Navratilova. Okay. <laughs> Tennis legend. She had, she had taken this, she took a screen grab and, and she literally had posted, Derek Richards is pure poison. <laughs> That is how dumb these people are. Nobody went ahead and did any digging into my comedy. No one pulled up any clips. There's nothing in my act that says anything like that. You've seen me. You've worked with me. I don't do anything in my act. I know the standards of what the military is, you know, what they say to do. And they're like, the things they always, they tell you, that, listen, don't make fun of, you know, don't make fun of the president on stage. Don't make fun of Jesus. And don't uh, don't make fun of the uh, whatever conflict we're in, which just makes sense. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of the military people come from very religious parts of the country, whether it's Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. Um, you know, you have Arkansas. You have these people that are very, very you know devout Christians. And no, I'm not going to go up and make fun of Jesus. I'm not going to make fun of the you know <laughs> make fun of their boss. That's like going into you know, it's like going into uh, you know going into Tesla and, and ripping on Elon Musk and doing a corporate event for them, you know? Yeah. So, so nothing that I did on my Twitter account was reflective of my comedy and what the military was going to hear. But this guy framed it as, Oh, I can't believe that the military is going to hire somebody who is uh, racist, anti-LGBTQ hates the president, hates America. I'm like, mm, no, that's not what this was about at all. So, yeah, so I got I removed from the tour and, um, you know, there was no other, you know, real discussion about it. I had contacted the guy who was in charge and apologized. I said, look, I said, if this is what it's, if me getting off of this tour is going to take any negative light off of this thing, that's the most important thing. I don't want me being there to be a deterrent for why this show is happening. Right. And, and again, going back to that context is key in the bigger picture and this gotcha culture. And again, cherry picking these ideas that seem like, Oh, this guy's an asshole. It's so easy to do. You can do it with any, literally anybody. You can go through the Pope's tweets and be like, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, yeah. It's so, so what was that like having uh, being bombarded with because I'm sure you got all kinds of uh, people reaching out and <laughs> expressing their very loving <laughs> opinion about you. No, definitely. <laughs> well, you know, I had reached out to a good friend of mine, um, comedian that we that we both know, Dave Landau, who oh, is yeah. love Dave, who is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And just not only is he a great comedian, he's just a fantastic person. And I'm like, dude, this is really bizarre. And he said, you know what? He goes, give it 72 hours. He goes, they're going to find someone else to go after. And almost like clockwork, it was literally like three or four days and it was gone. And so he was right. But I had reached out to a couple different uh, podcasts and publications and told my side of the story. I'm like, I'm not going to sit here dead in the water. And right. um, so I went I had, actually Breitbart News, which is a right wing publication, had contacted me because they tracked Deborah Messing. <laughs> and they literally they call her the reporter that he talked to. He goes, we call her crazy Deborah here at the at the at the news outlet. He goes, everything she posts is just lunacy. And so she just goes after everything. And so. He goes, you know, we're going we're to write your story. You can either tell us a story or, you know, we're going to write it anyway. And I'm like, all right, I'll talk to you. And so they did a, a very, uh, they did a fantastic, um, true account of everything that, uh, that I shared with you. And they were, you know, they were, they were great. So, um, and then I got on a couple other podcasts. Actually, I was on Alex Jones's podcast of all things. And <laughs> He was, he was great. I mean, he's a, you know, he's a character. He's an entertainer. I mean, you can like him, you can hate him, but he, you know, he has an audience and they listen and they pay attention. I'm like, Hey, you know what? This is what happened to me. And he couldn't have been more gracious. So I give him, uh, thanks for having me on, but the people that were bombarding me at the time, anytime somebody would come at me and say something, uh, say something shitty, I would reply back. I think I told you this. I said, I would yeah. reply back with like, pictures of like um or little video clips of like kittens and puppies rolling around in a basket <laughs> or like one was a unicorn like flying over a rainbow that said have a nice day and so when somebody comes at you with this angst and anger and just you know just pure you know ah you know f you this 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 and then you reply back with you know penguins waddling across the glacier <laughs> what do you do at that point and then they write back is that all you got penguins yes that's all i have that's all i ever penguins so has this has has this changed the way that you express yourself online are you are you double thinking the way you tweet or anything like that nope nope not anymore well you know what i did what i did was i had wiped out my entire twitter account and uh, I had every single tweet deleted and started over again. And it kind of, you know, what it does is that, uh, and you and I had talked about this before too, is that you can't appeal to everybody in comedy. Right. And I think every, anybody that does appeal to everybody in comedy just isn't, you know, that's not my cup of tea. You know, I like somebody like a, uh, uh, I like a Dave Chappelle. I like Bill Burr. You know, like the guys that aren't, aren't afraid to say what's on their mind. And, and really at the end of the day, these people that go after you, that is a, that's a loud, small percentage of people on this planet. I mean, you know, they show the people that are at, well, look at this big protest that's going on. I'm like, those are literally the only people in that town that care about that. I mean, the city of right. 2 million people and there's 45 morons out there with banners protesting something, whether it's something that's hard right or hard left. So it's just, 
these this small percentage of people that just make the loudest noise and most people go you're you're an idiot this is stupid so yeah that that perspective is so key there to have is is and i've talked about this on on other shows too is this this idea is when you know we're sold this book of goods that's like you know there's everybody's mad everybody's mad about this and when you zoom out to the bigger picture it's like yeah there's a hundred people that are tweeting about it online it's not yeah. not everybody's mad about this, you know, and that. But again, we live in such a, a sensational uh, news circuit culture right now, where it's just like, you know, they they have to sell ads, they have to get you to tune in, and so everything has to be uh, a crisis. No, exactly. I think that's why where we where we fail as just being educated, just just educated people is. You get people that just watch MSNBC or just watch Fox or just watch Newsmax, or just watch CNN. Right. And I'm like, you know, read different publications, you know, watch the BBC, get a little more of a, you know, more of a drone perspective of whatever's going on in society. That's not being dictated to you from somebody here in the States. that's trying to sell you, you know, trying to sell you some kind of a product uh, to fit their narrative. Yeah. And you know, nobody, I, I know plenty of people that just don't turn off Fox news and don't turn off MSNBC. And I'm like, there are other, you know, when you're being brainwashed and you know, if you're being brainwashed on one side where they're saying, Oh, the left are complete lunatics. And then and anybody who's on the left is saying, Oh, anybody who's on the right, you know, is, is a Trump supporter. It's like, no, that's not the case. You know, do your research, read, you know, especially with elections coming up and stuff like that too. Don't just sit there and look at a billboard that you passed on the freeway Oh, she's hot. I'll vote for her. No. Right. <laughs> take, take a little bit of time to figure out. Yeah. Like, like the knucklehead that you saw in the uh, video who was, who was completely certain that uh, the election right. was rigged. It's like, yeah, you know, go ahead and do your, and listen, if you still believe that after the research that you've done, that's the whole thing. Nobody can come to an art. Nobody, everyone shows up in an argument with no ammunition. <laughs> right. They all come walking in with guns with no clips. Yeah. And then when you ask them something like, well, why do you hate Biden? Uh, I, I just don't like him. Why do you hate Trump? He's got orange hair. Okay, you got to give me more than that. Give me, give me more from both sides. Bring some substance to your, to your conversation. But some people don't. I mean, it's just the way it is. Absolutely. So how do you combat that in going back to live shows and, and pushing those boundaries because it's one thing to, to combat it online. Right. And you can send some adorable kittens their way uh, or a clan emoji, but uh, what do you, <laughs> if we can listen, if you can put, follow me on this, I'm telling oh, you, no, we, can take, no. we can take this to shark tank. I already know what you're going to say. Find me, no, give me a kitten in a clan hood. <laughs> okay. No one will see that coming. No one will know how to react. It's, I, you know, I want to be against it, but it's just so adorable. How can you not? I'm telling you, Malone, you sell, you sell t-shirts <laughs> with kittens with clan hoods on them. You are sitting on a gold mine. Oh, let me tell you something, Derek. That's not really my brand. You know, <laughs> it's not your brand till you sell 30 grand of them at one show. That's so true then guess who now has kittenswithclanhoods.com It's a registered domain. I'm going to buy that right now and go daddy. And then when you try to get it, I'm going to, I'm going to charge you a fortune for it. You should look at it. 
kisses the, with clan hoods. I, it, it's probably taken more than likely. But. You know what? This you know what's really sad is this is a billion dollar idea. That's the sad fucking part of this. It's huge. <laughs> it's a big market. Kittens with clan hoods. No one's going to the the. It's the it's the lovable hatred. <laughs> it's 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 cuddly it's cuddly snuggly hatred. There oh, you go. There it is. There's it's just how it's presented. It's how it's packaged. <laughs> right. You. It's all about marketing, baby. It's marketing. Marketing one hundred and one. <laughs> I love it. How do you combat it in uh, during live shows? So, like in that instance in Vegas, if that woman hadn't got thrown out. And she was, instead of yelling at you from the crowd, if she would have waited and approached you afterwards right? and fucking read you your rights, you know, at your fucking merch table, how do you, how do you combat that in, in, in real life? Uh, good question. I, you know, all you can really do is, cause I don't really want to get involved in any kind of a lengthy conversation with somebody because you're not going to turn people you're opinions. not going to change hearts and minds uh, what again people hear these buzzwords they get turned off they get angry right. they get whatever and there's no there's no coming back from that well the most innocuous like a joke that i do in my act i said you know we talk about just you know general stupidity in our society i go i go you want to fix this country you know make a different stop global warming uh you know or fix you know stop global stupid and i, I said you know Start right now. Pay attention. Spay and neuter your white trash. <laughs> I go, if you're not laughing, you're offended. So I had a lady come up after the show and she was, she was friends with a, a mutual comedian friend of ours, BT. Oh, I love BT. Yeah. Great. Fantastic guy. He was on the show uh, with me and she comes walking up and there's a line of people and I sell t-shirts that say, stop global, stupid, spay and neuter white trash. So line of people buying these shirts and she's standing there. And she's got her, you know, arms crossed. She comes walking right up to me and she goes, looks at the shirt, looks, looks up at me and she goes, so what you're doing is uh, promoting, eliminating a race, not unlike Hitler. <laughs> Swear to God. That's what she said. And I looked at her and the guy behind her in line is like kind of looking over like, <sighs> what? And I go, that's exactly what I'm doing. And I look over at BT and I go, and I just, I so dismissive. I look, I, I look, I go, BT, I point to her. I go, do you know this? <laughs> I didn't even acknowledge her as a human. I go, do you know this? And he goes, oh yeah, man. I go, can you get it out of my way? <laughs> I mean, like I was talking about her, like she was a road cone that was in front of my car. And so, so BT kind of saw what was happening and he kind of pulled her aside and the guy in line goes, man, what was her problem? Okay. I need two larges. I need an extra large. And uh, do you have any of those kittens wearing clan hoods shirts that Mike Malone was selling? I'll take a few of those too. Do you have them in kid sizes? We're all sold out, baby. Gone. <laughs> They're gone. So you can't, you really can't do anything other than just try to be, you know, you're representing the club. Right. So, you know, you don't want to be, just get the fuck away from me. I mean, but you're trying to say that in as nice of a way as you can, where I'm like, BT, is this yours? Or do you know this? Can you get it out? Get it away from me. Yeah. 
So, uh, you know, I usually don't have people that come up and have that kind of a, uh, uh, of an attitude after a show. Um, I don't usually have somebody that does that. Um, I think I, 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 I hope I wear the, uh, the cloak of, I don't give a fuck what you have to say to me afterwards. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm nice. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I thought, we'll hang out. We'll take pictures, whatever. I have to stop you there. I thought you were going to go a different route with that. I thought you were going to say, I hope that I wear this cloak of like, you know, equality and people know that like, you know, these are just jokes and that I, you know, I actually care about <laughs> And then you're like, I hope I wear this cloak of I don't give a fuck about your opinion. <laughs> and, that, and that, my friend, is why I love you so much. <laughs> well, you know, it's again, you can only you can only be who you are. And, you know, I'm as as compassionate a person. I really am as compassionate. No, I, I, as, I know that about you. And that, that, you that's know that what's about so me. funny. Is I know that you're a big teddy bear. You're a fucking sweetheart. And when you get people that, you know, think that what you're saying on stage is just, uh, you know, you know, right from the, uh, uh, you know, doctrine of, uh, you know, Nazi Germany, it's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> settle, settle down. Right. Just, just take it easy. This is not what this is all about. We're all here to have fun. We're all here to laugh. And there's an, and I don't know how you as, as a person can come out and, you know, when you see people leaving a show and they're all and they've all been laughing and having a good time, how do you not at some point have that check and balance system in your brain to go, you know what? Here's all these people that were laughing and having fun. Here's here's these Latino people that were laughing their ass off, some you know, black people, white people, whatever. Here's all these people that had a great time. And for some odd reason, why am I the douchebag? Yeah. Why am I the lone? piece of shit sitting out here waiting just you know just sitting you know at, at the top of the telephone pole like a like like a you know a buzzard in arizona waiting for the armadillo to die so i can swoop down and 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 start chewing on his you know remnants i'm like do you not have friends do you not have a date that just says I, you know this is not the fight yeah Let's go just, to Chili's. Just go out, have a good time, laugh. And then afterwards, buy a kitten in a clan hoodie uh, shirt and go home. Yes. <laughs> what if we took the kitten in the clan hoodie and then sold it on a hoodie? <laughs> that if you pulled it up far enough, the hood goes all the way down. It had little kitten ears on the hood. Yes. Too. So when little you pull it up, you're a little kitten. Like, what, like the, when the girls on Instagram or Snapchat. You know, when they put the little kitten ears on them and the in the in the whiskers, I will, they can actually put a clan hoodie with kitten ears on them. I will only agree to this is is at the table when people ask, like, do you have these in any other colors? And you go, whites only. I, I love you so much. Uh, thank you for coming on and, and talking with me. And uh, I can't wait for tour to start up again. And, and we'll have our little Irish Christmas. I, I can't fucking wait to see what that's going to be like. Oh, my God. It's going to be a blast, man. You know, I love you, too, brother. I'm glad that uh, we get a chance to hang out and talk and uh, and connect virtually online here and hopefully get a chance to see you when you're in Vegas. I don't know if our schedules gonna, are going to line up uh, uh, perfectly correct, but I hope they do. And we can get a chance to hang out again. Same. Uh, tell people where they can find you and then we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. 
Uh, DerekRichards.com is my website, and I've got I've got a podcast called a a drink with Derek, which by the way, uh, Mike Malone was one just of my did it. It was, yes. it was so also, much fun. Uh, there's uh, go through the archives. They're on YouTube. On uh, load them all up on uh, Rumble as well. But on YouTube is where all the the episodes are, including uh, talks with uh, Brad Garrett, um, Dallas Cowboys Hall of Famer Drew Pearson, uh, Dave Landau, Rich Voss, a bunch of other comedians and musicians and authors on there too. So yeah, a drink with Derek on YouTube. Uh, go ahead and click and subscribe over there. And uh, yeah, my website, DerekRichards.com. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Thanks, pal. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to Home Alone. I have been your host, Michael Malone. You can follow me online at Twitter or Instagram or anything you have at Malone Comedy. And make sure you stream my new special, Wait and See. It's on YouTube right now for free, just waiting for you to watch it. And if you like it, please, I'm begging you, share it. Share it with the world. Uh, we just reached 15,000 views, and I'm so excited. I can't thank you guys enough for that. So keep watching, keep sharing, go check it out. It's called Wait and See. It's on YouTube or at Malone Comedy. Uh, you can also see me uh, headlining the MGM Grand in Vegas this week. And if you want to see when I'm coming to your city, you can check out MaloneComedy.com for all my tour dates as well. And also, one last thing, we are filming a brand new season of Monsters. Uh, if you don't know what Monsters is, uh, you go to YouTube, go to WatchMonsters.com, check it out it's a docu-series i created about comics it showcases them on stage and then in-depth interviews with them afterwards talking about the trauma that hides behind their punchlines it's a great series there are five episodes streaming right now and we're gearing up for season two i can't wait to share that with you so make sure you check out watchmonsters.com you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. 
Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.